Hello and welcome to another episode of the Journeyman Music Show. Today we talk about songwriting tips to help you make and produce better songs. Uh, as always, I'm Paul, I'm the co-host along with my good friend Chad. Hey Chad. Hello. And today we're actually really happy to introduce you to our first guest ever, Rahul. How are you doing, Rahul? I'm doing well, guys. How are you doing? So yeah, the goal of this episode is to share the most useful tips that we have uh, accumulated over the, the few months and years of experiences that we uh, each have. And Chad and I both thought, okay, who is one of the most uh, talented and experienced guys we know? Uh, and yeah, your name just popped up so fast, Rahul. Uh, I hope, uh, <laughs> I hope uh, we're going to learn a lot from you today. And we're really happy to have you here. Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, this, was, this will be fun. And just so you know that we're not just like throwing nonsense right into your ears or headphones or, or wherever, um, Rahul has some credentials he brings to the table. He's the guy, right? Um, Rahul, you've worked with some huge like top one single charting people, right? Um, Three Doors Down, Kid Rock, you said Shine Down. Uh, yeah, some other people, right? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been blessed to uh, write with a lot of people. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a good time. Um, I've met some pretty amazing, amazing, amazing guys. Yeah, and the last project I had um, had some pretty big names on it. So that was, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, so he knows what he's talking about. So when we're talking about like songwriting tips, you know, this guy, he's got songwriting tips. So Rahul, we know a little bit about your credentials. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right, well, um, I was born in Louisville, Kentucky, and it's where I reside now. Um, I've been playing music since I was, since I was 13, so I'll, <laughs> without saying my age, I'll say it's very, been a very long time. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, music's always been a part of my, my life. You know, my grandpa was a famous poet from India, so he kind of passed that gene on to me. And ever since I had the, the tools to write, I've been... I've been doing it ever since, man. That's great. That's so cool, man. I've always wished that I had a calling like that. I think we actually talked talked about that a little bit in our first episode, right? To just have that one thing that you know you're going to do. Oh, I'm so jealous of that. But, you know, not everybody has it. And this podcast is for everybody, even if you don't have that, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, I think I think you're in for a real treat. We're in for a real treat because, you know, I'm I'm newer to this than than anybody. So I need some songwriting tips. All right, so with that, why don't we just jump right into the tips? That's that's what y'all came here to see, here, whatever. Um, so our first tip comes from the consummate professional himself, Rahul. So why don't you go ahead and kick us off? All right, so it, this is a podcast about tips, about how to become a better songwriter. So it's going to be a little bit strange that I'm about to give you the number one tip I would suggest to everybody, um, that there are no rules. Um, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll come across, you know, the people that will say, you have to do it this way. You have to do it that way. You're only going to have a great song if you do it this way. And here, here's what's, what you need to do with that is you need to take what they're saying, listen to what they're saying, listen to what this other person is saying, listen to what this other person is saying, take that all in, and then kind of create your own thing. Because at the, at the end of your journey, which is all con always going on, it's about developing what is best for you as a writer, not what's best for that person, you know? So basically it's like a tool belt, you know, the more tools you have, you don't have to necessarily use them all, but you have them in case you do. So knowledge is power for sure, 
but there is no there's no rule book you know and that's the, that's the great thing about music is that there are no rules and if you think it sounds great that way then do it you know i can i can point you in the right direction to, for things to try out but at the end of the day it's about what works for you as a writer yeah, I think that's really great. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, even if so, since I've started trying to make music, I've started listening to it a little bit differently as well. Right. And it's only been pretty recent. So I grew up just, you know, listening to music like everybody else and enjoying it and whatever. But, you know, for a little while now, I've been trying to listen to it a little bit more like critically, like trying to separate out the pieces and see what makes what gives this effect and what gives the next effect. Um, and it's crazy just the difference between like songs from decade to decade right? That proves your point that there are no rules, right? I mean, people do things completely differently. And even right now, the, the tips that you'll use for folk music are not the same as what you'll do for like EDM, you know? Um, so I think your point is absolutely well taken that there, there really are no rules, but there are, there are good ideas, but yeah, no hard rules for sure. Yeah, I really like that tip as well. I think it applies to a lot of different topics within songwriting as well. You know, it's about, uh, the rules for the structure, for the instruments, for the production, for the mixing. There's so many rules and conventions. And actually, I, I, it feels like when things um, begin so common that they start to feel like a, a rule, then the first person to break that rule sounds like a genius. And it sounds fresh and it sounds entertaining and interesting. And it's almost as if uh, the minute there is a rule that starts to emerge, then you need to break it. So um, all in all, like, there's no rule. I agree. Okay, so moving on to our second tip, because the first one is a, a great tip. It's a great idea. It's something that everybody needs to know, but it doesn't really give a clear picture of like where to go. You know, it's kind of a more, a more general tip. So now we have something a little bit more specific, um, which is also Rahul's advice, which is just to start with a blank project and just get something down. So can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um with any kind of form of creativity, you got to look at it as your blank canvas. It's yours to do whatever you want to do with it. So, as a, you know, basically you just have to say, hey, I'm just going to put something there and see what happens. Because it's crazy. Like, there'll be times where I'll just start off with the simplest thing and then it'll evolve into a song. And that simple thing might not even make it in the song but it's what started it. I mean, it's like a flower, you know, you just kind of plant some seeds sometimes and something beautiful might come from it. Um, because if you, if you get overwhelmed with the idea of just, I have to write a song, you're, you know, that's, that's pretty heavy weight to have on you to be like, Hey, I, you know, you're just thinking about the end end project. But if you think it like, think of it like dominoes, like once one thing falls down into another one, it, you know, it snowballs into ideas and the idea will feed into another idea and into another idea. So as long as you just start with something, even the simplest thing, see where it takes you. And it might not take you anywhere, but at least you tried it out. And then the next one probably will take you somewhere. But the problem is if you don't try it the first time, you'll never know. And you might have just missed out on an incredible song. Yeah, that, that makes me think about one of these assignments that we had together uh, in the class we took about songwriting, where um, the exercise was to just pick a chord progression and go from there. And I, I, I really remember this because I, 
you know, if you want if you want to lay down a chord progression, you also need to pick a sound, right? And it's uh, it's also like a good starting point, picking the sound, picking the chord progression. Those are two different uh, elements that can uh, completely start the snowballing effect into like a full written song, right? And I remember this chord progression that I wrote didn't really make any sense. I used uh, strings for this and I it ended up being a full song, like a, I ended up finishing that project, but like if you listen to that first idea, like that 20 seconds clip, and you listen to the, the four minute song that came out of it, you can't recognize it. it there, there's so much stuff that happened between the first idea, and I really like the the analogy you made with the the seed, like the the seed planting the seed, uh, and then you know like something comes up. You don't know what kind of flower it's going to be, but something will come up, and you don't recognize the seed anymore. But at least you have something, and I think this is a great way to start, especially when you don't have a lot of experience, you don't have a, a, a flow or a process that you're familiar with. Uh, starting with a sound or uh, a story or maybe a chord progression is, in, uh, in my opinion, a great tip. Yeah, and that actually leads perfectly, I think, into tip number three, if you're keeping track at home. Um, and this is one that I came up with, but, uh, you know, it's not like it's anything insane that nobody else could come up with. I just happened to put it down on the document. Um, and that is to start tiny, start as tiny as you want, right? You can start with absolutely anything and it might grow into a song and it might grow into a cool song if you're lucky, you know, um, just a really cool like VST sound or a synth sound, um, a cool drum beat if that's your sort of persuasion, an emotion that you want to convey, a particular kind of aesthetic, like a lyric that pops into your head, even somebody else's song that sounds really cool and you're like, oh, I want to make something kind of like that. And then you just try and maybe pick out a sound that they used and just put something down with it. You know, start as tiny as, as you want. You can get three MIDI notes with a cool, sound that you like and that can blossom into anything you know so there's no shame in starting as small as you possibly can and just going from there you know and i think that that's exactly what you guys have been saying right which is just get anything down get the smallest thing down and you never know where it's going to go from there another way to think about it is baby steps you know you think about that you're going to get to the finish line you know and it's a journey on the way there that it, you know will be fun. So you just take one, put one step in front of the other, and you'll get there. You'll get you'll get to that to that finish line. But yeah, just start off small and take it one step at a time. And there's no hurry. All right. So moving on from the way to start, uh, a way that you can move from there a little bit. We've mentioned you know just get a couple of notes down, get a little progression, anything like that. But after you get that down, once you have something that you think might be a little interesting then you're free to, tip number four, experiment. Just see where it goes, see where it can take you, that sort of thing. Okay, so experimentation is super, super important because, again, it, it goes back to the, you know, we were talking about before, you never know what will come out of things. So experimentation is super important. Um, and there's really no limit to this. And I'll, I'll go into the songwriting aspect of experimenting. Um, Initially, when I started writing, I kind of only wrote one way. I would um, start off with the music, you know, and then I would finish the entire music thing. Then I'd do the vocals, you know, and then um, kind of recently I was like, I'm going to challenge myself to come up with the melody first. And then I'll write the song around the melody and see how that turns out. And then another one, I was like, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm just going to write lyrics. 
without any melody in mind. And I'm going to see what that comes into because I had never done that before because I'm you know I played drums and guitar and all that stuff so to me it was always music first, so just experimenting with those different ideas and those different ways to write, um, for one it gave me the confidence to know that I could do it, and then two, if I have to do that now say if I'm co-writing with somebody, and someone comes in with just lyrics, back in the day I would have been like well what's the melody. Now, I, now I'd be like, yeah, honestly, I would be like, hey, that's just a poem. But like now, I, I can be like, all right, well, let's just go through the lyrics and then let's let's mess around with it, see what happens. Or someone comes up with a killer melody, a hook, and then we have to build it around that. Or someone just comes in with an acoustic guitar, build around that, and it just goes because um, with technology and everything that's going on right now. The possibilities are endless. So as far as our imagination will take us, that's how far we can truly go with songwriting. And again, it goes back to not everything works, but at least we have the capability of trying things out now that we didn't have before. Like, um, you know, if you have an idea, you can try it with different other instruments or, you know, electric guitar, acoustic guitar. You can do it with a snap of a finger now. Um, And it's just... It just makes it so much more fun just to be like, hey, I'm going to try something new that I don't know about. Um, it keeps you more creative experimenting. It, It's just, like I said, it just is more tools on the tool belt. And um, you're always learning. So the more you experiment, you might find out the best way to write is something that you haven't been doing. And you don't know, and you're not going to find that out until you experiment. Just out of curiosity, you mentioned the the songs that you tried like starting with lyrics or starting with a melody how did how did those turn out have you used those for anything yeah it, it turned out well um the one with the lyrics actually it was actually someone else wrote them and that's why i was challenged to do it um and the song came out really well it really did i was i was i was pretty surprised and i was pretty proud of myself i mean it's okay by the way as a writer it's okay to be proud of yourself <laughs> <laughs> toot, your, toot your own horns at sometimes you know because when you, you do a good job you do a good job pound the back <laughs> nice. Nice, <laughs> but yeah. yeah i mean um again there'll be different writers that have different strengths and some producers are killer with just someone comes in with lyrics but they might not be the ones that can come up with the music first you know and there might be a producer like uh, for, for me i prefer full production before the lyrics even come in and some people might disagree with that because some people are like well how do you know if you're going to step on the toes of the vocalists and i was like well that's when you start re- that's when you start experimenting back to that and that's when mm-hmm. you start taking things out putting things back in and um yeah man uh, it, it really opened my eyes to, uh, you know, I was stuck in my own way, <laughs> like an old man. <laughs> I was stuck in my ways as far as how writing went. And to me, that's all I needed to know. And it really wasn't until recently where I was just like, I literally just dropped my guard down. I just let it all go. And I was like, I don't know everything. And that's awesome because it makes tomorrow interesting. And it makes the day after that interesting because I'm going to challenge myself to learn something new every day. And once I dropped that guard and put the ego aside, my writing got better. I enjoyed it more. And I was making songs so much faster. And again, it just it's that finding what works for you and finding out what doesn't work for you. 
and you know that's it's been like i said man this entire journey of all these years it's it's been so much fun because there's no learning something anything is just it's a blessing and you know with music again there's no right or wrong answer like it's it it, sorry to go on a tangent and but it kills me (laughs) when people like are in music school and they get graded on their on their piece because to me it's just like well if the teacher doesn't like it who's to say that this other person it won't change their life you know so it's about what works for you and it's about what you like and then you know so inspirational. Yeah. <laughs> come, come, jump through the screen and give me a hug. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really like what you said about challenging yourself. And uh, I think uh, coming up with constraints is one of the best way to experiment and come up with new ideas, right? For me, like, I'm still at the stage where uh, I haven't written a lot of songs. So experiment, experimenting is actually a necessity for me because if I don't challenge myself and get out of my small comfort zone, uh, I'm not going to find my sound, right? I'm still looking for the style of music I like. I'm still looking to uh, polish my workflow. Right now, I'm uh, I'm going to start a song with uh, the lyrics. I'm going to start another one with a chord progression. I'm going to start another one with a sound. Uh, I'm going to do like a full digital song, a full acoustic song. And every time I challenge myself to experiment a new way to start uh, a song or I experiment, experiment with new sounds, it always leads to amazing experiences where, where you actually learn a lot, right? And I think this, this isn't said enough, but how much time do you spend just going through sounds? Uh, you know, if you have a, a little bit of VSTs on your computer, how many kicks do you listen to when you're, like, when you're writing a song? Like, uh, for, for me, it could be 200, right? You can listen to 200 kicks and you go to, through your door and it's like, boom, 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 boom. And it's like for three hours and it's worth it like spending that time experimenting uh going for new sounds new ways of working new ways of structuring the songs new chord progressions it always comes to if not a good song well at least something you're going to learn and it's going to make you a better songwriter overall even if you don't like the song and as we touched on the first episode even if you don't like your own songs someone might (laughs) exactly exactly screw you teacher yeah, see? <laughs> that's, that's the moral of this story. Never respect yeah. teachers. <laughs> no. no, no, I love teachers. But, uh, you know, I do want to say one more tip within this tip of experimenting, and this is kind of a backwards tip, because um, you were talking about VSTs, and so if you if you're, uh, are a writer that has, you know, the capability of recording and, and, and with uh, virtual instruments, well, another way to challenge yourself in with experimentation is kind of like the blind test where, you know, in theory, you just kind of close your eyes and you just pick, you'll be like, I'm going to pick five instruments and you just randomly pick five instruments. You might have used them before, you might not have used them before. And you're like, I'm going to write a song with just these five instruments. And that'll force you to be creative in ways that you didn't know. And that's a very fun and uh, kind of hair, you end up pulling your hair out a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's one of those writing exercises that is another it's another very beneficial one to do. That sounds really fun, actually. So now here's another tip. Um, loops. For anyone who doesn't know what a loop is, we're talking about pre-recorded audio tracks that include um, different elements like it could be. Uh, a lot of instruments. It could be just a drum, ba- a drum beat. The idea is that it's a pre-recorded piece that you just insert into your songs. And some people 
might consider that it's kind of cheating because you're not producing the sounds yourself, but uh, I think we might have some things to add there. You're going to get mixed reactions from anybody that talks about loops. Um, some people would be like, you're cheating. You know, some people would say like, hey, just come up with your own. And I'll tell you this, um, using loops in its own self is a, it's an art, you know, because um, the possibilities are endless and you still have to piece the puzzle together, you know? Um, so there are different ways you can use loops to benefit you very quickly too. Um, you can A, use them, because there's so many sites now where you can use, uh, you can actually use, you know, have permission to use them in your songs. And then B, you can use them for, for really quick inspiration, you know, be like, hey, I like this idea, but I think it would be cooler like this. And then you wouldn't have, maybe not have thought about that idea if you hadn't heard this loop. And so just even just, you know, pulling that in and just playing along with it, that in itself can, you know, do that domino effect into a song right away. And then you can take that loop out and then, you know, then it's all yours or you can leave it in um, or you can chop it up. And, you know, there's just so many, so many cool things you can do with loops. And for me personally, if I was going to use a loop, it would be more for ideas. Um, and then I would go back in and do it. But again, that's just what works for me. Um, but what's cool is you can utilize it for however you want to. And for me, still so early on, just, you know, just really getting started, figuring out how to do all this stuff. Um, I have very clear weaknesses. You know, I think my biggest weakness probably is percussion, just in general, just all percussion. Um, and so using loops has really been an awesome learning experience for me because even if I don't use a loop in my song, I'll put it in the DAW and then I'll see what they're doing. You know, I'll just try and listen and pick out things like little tricks that they're using and stuff like that. Um, and then I can incorporate that and I have slowly been making my percussion sound better, I think. Um, and it's, you know, it really lends itself well, even if it, that's, yeah, just another way that you can use loops is just to learn from them. You know, and I think that's really cool because the, the people that make these loops are uh, like they're experts in the field to some extent. You know what I mean? Um, they might not mm -hmm. be the greatest in the world, but they're certainly better than I am. You know, so anything I listen to from them, anything I can get from the loops that are being put out there for free, uh, you know, that's something that I can incorporate. And it's been really helpful. Sure. Yeah, that, that's completely true. I don't think I have ever re released or like produced a song that still had loops in them. But I like using percussions loops, you know, like, uh, you know, pre-made, like pre-recorded drums uh, and grooves, just so that it puts me in a certain mood or in a certain rhythm where it makes me want to jam to that to that loop. Right. Like uh, if you're a guitar player or a bassist, um, you, you might want to like throw in a loop and then play something over it. Just keep recording yourself and you might come up with some amazing ideas. And then you can take the loop out. Like Rahul said, uh, this is usually what I like to do. Um, I also use loops when I want to be in a specific mood and you know usually to create a mood uh, sometimes you have good loops that have uh, several different instruments right so they would take a little bit of time to recreate so I just throw in the loop so just so that my, my track is in the right mood I add layers on top of that loop and then uh, when I feel comfortable that I have preserved that mood and that atmosphere I remove the loop and uh, if you try to recreate it from scratch without using it at all, by the time you actually remake it, you might lose your little spark, your inspiration, and you might 
lose your focus. So the elephant sea loops as a quick way to have a good basis or a good foundation for your song, and it liberates you from like a task like writing a, a, a drum groove or a drum beat, and it lets you like stay in the zone and just keep writing like the song. That's a great, yeah. That's a very that's a, real fast up. That's a great great comment you just said because um, back to workflow and back to creativity. If you have to slow down to put in a kick drum, a snare for like 20 minutes to create your own beat, you just lost your groove, you know? So if, if, you, if you're thinking, if you're on a roll, just pull in a loop real fast and then move to the next part. And you know, just keep going like that. And then um, that way you don't have to slow down. So yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even think about that, you know, when I was talking about the loops, but yeah, I mean, that's that. And another thing you said was um, setting up a vibe. Um, you can just listen to something and it can just put you in the mood to be like, hey, I want to come up with something like that makes me feel like this loop does. And then all of a sudden a new song comes out from it. So, yeah, inspiration again. Back to that. Um, it's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. I might go use some loops tonight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of loops, moving on to our next tip, which is tip number six. Hey, we're moving, moving right along. Um, so Rahul, you also had another idea which uh, involves loops and basically when, when you have your own music that you can loop that and then just kind of improvise from there. So can you explain that to us a little bit? Yeah, um, this kind of goes back on, you know, with technology and giving us things that we weren't able to do before. Like before, you know, I would have an acoustic guitar and then I have a notebook and a pen, and then I would just have to play, and I would have to come up with the melody and the vocals pretty much right there. Now, a, a very, very, very helpful trick is, if you've got a part that you want to put vocals to, you don't have to come up with those vocals within just that, that section. What I like to do now is I just, I you know, back to loops, I'll have that, say it's a 10 second or 30 second part. I'll have it play the same thing for two minutes or a minute or whatever. And I'll record vocal, I'll, I'll just improv vocals. And nine out of 10 times, actually all the time when I do it, it's, I just do gibberish, gibberish. Like if you were to walk in when I'm doing it, you would like be like, all right, Rahul just lost his mind. I don't know what he's doing. He's, he's making up English new words. And, and yeah, it, and what I'll do is I'll do that and then I'll do it again. So I'll have like four different tracks of gibberish. But here's what's cool about doing the improv thing is a lot of times you'll find different parts here and there of each performance that you do like. And then the rest of it will be like, oh, crap. <laughs> you know. Uh, so what you can do, you can just piece things together from the improv and be like, and you can actually structure it that way. And then, um, and then from there, you'll have a melody that's appeasing to your ears, and then you can write lyrics to that. And another thing, though, when you're doing the improv, a lot of times, lyrics will just come out, and then it'll give you a basis to write about, and then all of a sudden you'll have a direction of what you want to write about. Because a lot of times you can, you'll come up with something cool, and you'll be like, "Well, what do I write about? I don't know." And and the things that come at the spur of the moment, when when you're just literally just it's on the fly, sometimes it's the greatest stuff, you know, and it, it's the most natural because that's what's coming straight from your, you know, from your brain without even thinking about it. Um, so it's, it's really cool to do stuff like that. You know, you have fun with it. It's not so planned out, you know, it's not so 
cut and dry of like I'm gonna write the entire song and just like that. You get to play with it. You get to be like, hey, I like this one section of this this one line of the 30 lines I just did. So I'm just gonna use that one line, and then I'll go to the next one and pick up another line, and then you know you just put them together, and then you know it, it goes back to um, how important melody is. Um, if you can put together a melody piece by piece, kind of like a puzzle, and then it comes together then you're set and then you know writing lyrics is you know will come but the melody you know that's a whole other topic of <laughs> melody versus lyrics <laughs> yeah, but for sure. um yeah. yeah i mean it's a very very good way to uh write out a melody that you can write lyrics to yeah speaking of lyrics that actually that brings to mind something that i think about a lot which is um i find it challenging in writing lyrics to write things that are both meaningful to me um and also where the words just sound good, you know? Because I'm like, there's a lot of music that I don't really like. Like, I'm kind of a dick about it, right? And I try my best not to be, and I don't vocalize that dickishness most of the time, except to my wife, and it drives her crazy. But um, but what I'm finding in trying to write my own music is that a lot of the time, the lyrics that people will use in pop songs and stuff like that, they don't use because they mean something necessarily. I mean, they kind of do, but they mostly use because of the way that the vowels sound. You know what I mean? It's you write lyrics more for sound than for meaning. Um, and trying to do both of those things is really hard. But to your point, if you're going to improvise a melody over your own loop or something like that, it can make it a lot easier because you can kind of, you can get those vowel sounds out and then you can try and match lyrics up to that instead of writing the lyrics down separately and then realizing that they sound like nonsense when you sing them, like they sound very discordant and weird. You know, so I think it's really helpful for, for that as well, for getting the lyrics, for getting the melody, for all of, for the whole writing process. Yeah, um, I mean, to comment more about what you just said, uh, our brains, there's so much that goes on with our subconscious. Um, when, you, when you're at the supermarket and you hear a song, your brain, and you notice that you heard, you're hearing a song, your brain's already heard it. And the reason why you pay attention to it now is because it caught your ear, it caught your brain. Um, so before you even get to that point of finding out what the lyrics are, you're invested in it because you like them, you liked what you heard. And you have to like what you hear before you can even, and again, this all happens in a split second, but your brain will pay attention to the lyrics because it likes what it's hearing as far as the notation goes. And, um, you know, this, that's a whole other battle about lyrics versus melody. And at the end of the day, you want the lyrics to be awesome, too. So, you know, having both of those together, um, you know, like you said, like the vowels and all that kind of stuff where you enunciate and, you know, where you stress things. Um, that usually, you know, for me, that comes first. And then hopefully I will write some cool lyrics to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, hopefully. Yep. Yeah. Well, speaking of lyrics, I think this is a good transition to tip, tip number seven, which is using storytelling to have ideas of uh, how to write songs, like to have uh, inspiration. I'm someone who usually introduces his music. Like when I present a song I made to my friends, I start by saying, this song is about the story of blah, blah, blah. Like I always start by telling the story or the idea behind behind a song before saying uh, this is 
uh, oh, this is a lo-fi beat. This is a jazzy song. This is like I always start with the story. I say this is the story of an old man, blah blah blah, and this is usually because I often start writing a song with the idea of a story, and then I try to pick uh, lyrics, instruments, sounds that go well with that story, right? So yeah, my my first song was in my head uh, about nostalgia, and I was I was picturing like an old man like on a rocking chair listening to an old vinyl, right? Like <laughs> I was picturing this, and I thought like this completely dictated the choice of instruments. I was like, okay, I'm gonna add, I'm gonna throw in some maybe a sax, maybe a trumpet, like some kind of like old old style like jazzy vibe, uh, you know, from uh, from a few decades ago. I'm gonna add some. Uh, v- uh, vinyl distortion sounds. I'm gonna add some piano, uh, but like not just any piano. Like maybe an old vintage piano with a little bit of like a d- distorted sound as well. And like I was not gonna put in any synth or any anything that would kind of take me out of that mental picture that I had in mind, right? So the story that I was telling myself is what completely helped me to structure the song, um, choose a vibe, and choose the instruments, right? Um, I don't know, like, do any of you start with the story sometimes, or is it something that comes up a little bit later in the process of writing a song? For me, um, okay, so my, okay, again, this is, this is just my style kind of things. Like I I, I tend to, I tend to write, (laughs) I tend to write, um, somewhat vaguely um i'll be specific enough but i I leave a lot i try to leave a lot of room for interpretation because in my opinion if it's so specific um some people might not relate to it and it's 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 hard to because you know for me my main motivation for writing for you know for listeners is you know that they don't feel alone you know so that's something something that they can um they can feel and so I, I, when I do tell a story or when I'm telling my story, I'll still leave it up to be like, well, they can still take it for what they want, you know, and who am I to say that's not what it means? So like even when, um, you know, when people, other interviews are saying, they'll be like, well, what's the song about? I, I usually don't say. I just say it's about whatever you think it's about um, is what You're I say. One of those. Yeah. But um, at the same t- at the same time, there is a massive benefit for storytelling as well because if you can pull the listener's interest in in the first four lines, where they want to know what happens next, you've got them through the whole song. You know, um, it's kind of like dangling that carrot in front of you know something like they will keep going until they know what happens. So like, yes, there's an art to storytelling, absolutely. Because once once an art once listeners um, invested in finding out what's happening they're they're gonna stay there till they find out so yeah again i write my certain way and, and i do like to story tell as well sometimes um just after this video i probably will try that tomorrow you know um <laughs> yeah. but yeah there are, there is a storytelling especially with folk music i mean man um storytelling mm-hmm. is it's a, a big aspect of writing music for sure and you were even paul in the song you were just talking about it's an instrumental song right yeah, it is. There, yeah, so you just you had no a story way. in your head that you're trying to get get across just with sound. Uh, and that's awesome. Yeah, it's just for me. It's just for how I was building the song and how I was I was writing it, and it completely helped me because otherwise I was I I, I would have had to pick between like fifty thousand sounds. That's mm-hmm. too confusing. Like yeah. I, 
you know, as far like kind of what, what Paul was talking about, as far as um, using a story to create the music, um, that's kind of like a test that I will do with, um, you know, close friends of mine when I'm writing a song. I'll, I'll play the music first with no lyrics, because if I can um, pull an emotion from them just from the song itself, then I know I, I could do an even better job with the lyrics if I'm putting lyrics to it. Um, if I'm, but if I'm able to tell my story with the music, to me, like, you know, I'm almost there, you know? Um, and then, then, you know, something comes out even more powerful. The pressure's on at that point, because then, you know, you don't want to, <laughs> you know, mess it up. But yeah, yeah, I mean, if you can, if you can use uh, the music to tell a story, that's, that's a very powerful thing as well. Yeah. And there are actually some songs that I really liked that will, um, have lyrics purposefully in contrast to what the music is, you know, so it's a very happy major key sounding song and then really devastating lyrics. And that makes it sadder a lot of the time. You know what I mean? So, yeah, storytelling with music and storytelling with lyrics are two different things and they can be used uh, together or in opposition. And that's storytelling is, is just great all around. You know, it's an awesome skill mm -hmm. to have. It also helps with the structure. Like, I think this is one of my weak points. I always... Uh, have a hard time structuring my song like I can find ideas for a chorus ideas for maybe a little riff or here and there but uh, I can always go for the boring a b a b c a b uh, structure you know but if you have an idea about what the song is telling like the story that the song is telling then it's going to dictate the structure if you know there's a big drop or a change of mood then this is going to be reflected in the in the song and this is one of the ways that I used to help myself find a structure when I'm, I'm struggling to like take some ideas that I like and turn them into a full song. I do. I want to say one thing that's kind of a little side note tip, but and it reminded me, Paul reminded me of it when he was talking about the rocking chair. And this is a trick to use modestly, but it can have a big effect. Like say if you ha you're, you've got the mood set and in your head you're picturing a rocking chair you can go splice and like download a sound of like a rocking chair and put it in the song and the sub the brain will hear it you know you don't have to blast it in the mix you know this little tricks like that again like i always say the subconscious plays a big role in how we hear things um that's another trick that you can use with your songwriting um again you don't want to overkill with it but um little things you can put in there like if you're talking about like a water stream and you know you put the real fast you know have audio of a water stream or you know something that will just help tell the story so yeah that's a cool that's a that, that's fun that's fun to do something that that i noticed years and years ago that i think is really cool and i'm sure you know a billion people in the world have noticed it but uh in bohemian rhapsody uh there's a line in one of the verses uh, i mean one of the thousand verses right but he says uh sent shivers down my spine and when he yeah. says spine there's a little like chime tinkle in the background that's the only time in the whole song it appears i'm like oh that makes me feel it in my spine like <laughs> that's awesome you know yeah you can get a little literal with it sometimes and that's really cool yeah this is the start of asmr this oh. is the birth of asmr like uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. i mean i think it's the same it's the same like physical reaction to these kinds of sounds you know like in stereo like it produces shivers down your spine yeah it's, mm -hmm. that's a that's a cool way but the, yeah but then yeah. we're moving on to music production and uh yeah we could we could talk about so many more things there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah 
Okay, so moving on to tip number eight, which uh, I think all three of us agree is is a pretty big one, um, and it can be really, really important. We've been talking a lot about um, how to generate ideas, you know, how you can sort of implement those ideas a little bit. Um, but something that's really important is to make sure that you actually have those ideas, like make sure you keep track of those ideas. You know, that's why you'll find uh, writers will usually carry like a little notepad with them or something. And whenever they come up with an idea for anything, they'll go ahead and jot it down. And with music, you can do the same thing, right? Um, in all sorts of different ways. Yeah, with so what you're saying, like, you know, with people jotting things down, it's, uh, you know, I know I've come, come across where I say lyrics aren't important, but they are. You know, you can have that one really strong lyrical line in a song that can make the song stick out. So if you ever just think it and you just, hey, that sounds cool, I, I take my phone out and I type it in. And I've got a, I've got a, like a page, just, you know, just one-liners that I thought were cool that I heard saw in movies or whatever, something like that. And then, you know, if, the, if it, you know, if it works out, I'll use it in a song. And then... Kind of a lot of times the song, the idea of the song will come from that line that I heard. So, you know, keep track of that. Um, as far as me goes, I mean, now that we have phones that can record, uh, anytime I have an idea, I break the, I break it out. Um, I'll tell you one thing though, the, the one time that I, or the majority of the time when I'll have random ideas is because I'm hearing something else. Like I'll, if I'm watching a movie, a lot of times in the background of a movie, there'll be instrumental stuff and I'll hear it. And then in my head, again, without me thinking, I'll start hearing a melody that I think would be cool over that part. So I'll bust out my phone and I'll sing that melody and I'll, you know, I'll make sure I, I know what, what the speed is and I'll you know, like that. And then what I'll do is I'll either put it into my session and recording or I'll just use it and I'll just keep listening to it and I'll record it again and then I'll write a song around that melody and that's something that kind of has happened within the past maybe two years that I've started doing that and uh it has happened a lot and uh, you know I love it because I never I didn't take the song you know off the movie it's not like that it's not like that but it, it, it inspired me to sing on top of something that didn't have vocals to it so I just used the vocal part I had, and then I came up with a chord progression behind it, and then the song gets built. Or, you know, or I'm just sitting there, I'm humming something. I'm like, hey, that's cool. I'm gonna hum it. <laughs> I'll tell you this right now. If, if you ever want to blackmail me, steal my phone, go through my audio tracks that I've recorded like this, and then just like, be like, hey, Rahul, I, I got you. I got you. Because there's some there's some embarrassing audio <laughs> on my phone of me again singing gibberish, uh, spur of the moment melodies. <laughs> but I, I do I do the same thing. Uh, I think on my phone I have two or three hundred audio files. Uh, some of some of them are really embarrassing. Uh, but actually I, I've I, I do I do listen to them all the time now. Now, when, whenever I, I'm in the mood for writing a song, I just open my phone. If I don't have any idea, uh, I just listen to a lot of audio tracks. And quite often, it just it, it gets me going. And I think it's really, really useful. And I've committed to record every single idea I have, no matter where I am. And sometimes it's a little embarrassing. <laughs> I've had to record these uh, in the subway or you know, in public spaces. Like once I was, I was with colleagues, I was uh, lining up in a restaurant just to get a sandwich. And I was like, I had this cool bass line in my head. And I was like, I took my phone 
And I and I started whispering into my phone. I'm like, and this is like there's this 30 second uh, like a, you know audio file on my phone where you can hear people talking, you can hear the people making food, you can hear all the, the the background noises and everything. You can barely hear that 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 baseline. But I ended up like going back to that audio file and and using it. And, and it's really worth it. Um, I think those kinds of spontaneous ideas are often like some of the best and you need to just make sure that you're not going to lose them somehow. Yeah, I think most of the audio files that I have on my phone are recorded with just my face and my phone outside of my shower curtain, you know, doing <laughs> it like that and then putting my phone back outside the shower. Yeah, yeah, got to be, be ready, got to be ready, get those ideas down, man. Rubber ducky in hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, with the te technology, I mean, th it's just gotten. Okay, I'll say this. Back in the day, like, I would have an idea, and within like three minutes, I'd, I'd somehow be like looking somewhere to record it, and then I'd forget it. <laughs> so, and it would drive me insane. Um, and now I can just do it right there. Or if I'm at home, I'll just open my open my recording software. And um, and I'll tell you this, you know, there's a lot of free software out there for you guys. So if you're a songwriter, I really highly suggest um, just taking a little bit of time, download some free software, um, learn how to record um, just the basics. You don't have to become an expert. Just as long as you can press record, record your part, press record, record some vocals, and have them independent of each other. Um, you're, you will be in such a better better place to um, be creative because you can do it anytime you want. And you can, you can mix it, you can hear it, you can be like, oh, this is what it's gonna sound like, awesome. Um, so I really, really suggest uh, getting something to let you record. Um, and even on your phone, you know, I, I couldn't believe it, but like you can get record recording software on your phone now. Put in MIDI notes, you can write music out, you know, and with everything, and um, you can literally create a song on your phone. So um, just something to let your creativity not be forgotten by your bad memory <laughs> or by my bad memory. So, <laughs> yep, you know. Same. <laughs> Um, yeah, and that, I think, neatly leads into tip number nine, which is one from this guy. Um, and something that I've found really helpful is you, when you're putting stuff in your DAR, when you have stuff in your DAR or whatever, or even if you don't yet, I guess, um, I like to make notes in my DAW. So um, I know that the free one that I used relatively recently was Cakewalk, and the one that I use now is Studio One, and both of those, and I assume all DAWs, really, um, will have a place where you can make notes on your song. Like you can add, uh, not like music notes, but like text notes. Um, and so I like to use those a lot, especially with when I'm starting to get a little farther in the song um, and I'm just kind of listening back to it over and over again. As it's playing, I'll just put a note um, like right here, like you need to bulk up this section of the chorus or you need to balance these vocals or whatever, you know? Um, and for me, that's helpful in songwriting because it can, well, one, it just helps me to remember ideas like we were talking about, right? Just get it down somewhere. But also for me, it helps me as I'm moving farther along in a song to feel like motivated, feel like I'm accomplishing something because I essentially have a to-do list, you know? 
Um, and so every time I work on the song, even if I only have a little bit of time, which is kind of something that we talk about in this podcast, right? Because I can't usually sit down and work on a song for six hours at a time. My kids are screaming at me the whole time. Um, so every time I go into it, I can just put in a little bit of work and cross something off the list, you know? Um, and that feels really nice. So it's all about it, it. It goes right back to keeping track of your progress, keeping track of your ideas, keeping track of what you're doing. Um, and that really helps you to end up with a finished song and to help you end up with a well-written song. Uh, I don't, I, just because I got used to it, I, I'll make notes on my phone. Oh, about yeah, yeah, certain yeah, sure, things. Sure. yeah. But I mean, it's the same thing. It's basically the mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. You know. I, I usually do that. Like, I mean, again this goes more into the production side but when i'm finalizing a song mm-hmm. uh, i usually download it on my phone and i listen to it like uh when i go to work or whenever mm-hmm. and i take notes on my phone but it's like if mm. if i had access to my dog i would do it on my dog but uh, i usually do that like in public transportation whenever i have five minutes you know? yeah 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 all right so we're, we're starting to mention a lot of different things here uh, and I think it all comes down to figuring out what the best workflow is for you right the, when, what, we, what we mean by workflow we started talking about it earlier but it is how you write songs like your own way of working and producing music right so what what's your opinion about that Rahul well it, I mean <clears throat> workflow is probably one of the most used terms in like message boards, you know, recording message boards and like in conversation because of how important it is and how ongoing it's always changing. Um, with, when you buy something new, it'll change. So basically like a workflow is what you typically do to get to where you want to be. Um, it's the tools that work for you. and. But it's, you know, t- typically there are things that you can do to speed things up. Um, okay, for instance, I, like one of the, one of the, for people that are just now learning, um, learning your keyboard shortcuts, that that speeds up your workflow. Um, it'll become at first, because you don't want to be recording and then have to look up Google how to do something, you know, real fast, because it'll take you out of your writing zone. So if you just learn these things, and again, that t- it takes time, but it, it'll become like riding a bike and that'll become part of your workflow. Um, and again, this pertains to recording, but another one is um, having templates. If typically, you know, say, uh, like for me, I like to record my vocals on the verse separately than I do the chorus. And I know in the chorus, I'm going to layer my vocals. So if I if I have to sit there and sing a track, create a new track, then sing a track, create a new track, and then all this kind of stuff, all that kind of stuff adds up. And when you've got to do these little things over and over again for like five hours, that time that time adds those that little time add, adds up. And um, and again, it's not even about the time; it's about getting you out of your workflow. Getting out of your workflow means you kind of got to get back in the zone. Um, and whatever helps you stay in the zone is basically your workflow. Um, you, that's what you're trying to improve. Um, and it's just super, super important. And um, and again, if it's not, if you're not recording on, uh, you know, with a computer or anything like that, your workflow could be like, hey, I write better when I leave my bedroom and I go to the park. That could be part of your workflow. Um, I like to write the lyrics first. That could be part of your workflow. I mean, you could just, just whatever 
you can bring to the table that'll make your life easier um, so that you can concentrate on being creative. And that's basically how the, the stuff that's really important. Um, find what works for you again. I mean, again, it's all based on the individual, but there are little things you can do that you sh- that if you notice speeds speeds it up for you. There's ways you can utilize that, you know. Yeah, this is always something that I'm really jealous of in watching other producers make music, um, you know, on YouTube or whatever. And especially in Andrew Huang's class, where we mentioned in, in the first uh, in the first podcast episode that, that we all met, um, when he was walking through making a song, everything he did was so fast. You know, he was like, oh, I think this needs a little fill here. Let me find a sample. I'm going to put it in there. Okay, let me chop it up. Let me use it this way, you know. And I'm like, I, that would take me a day to do. You know, um, but because he knows how to do it so quickly, because his workflow is so clean and he's been doing it for so long, he can try out 45 different ideas in the time it takes me to try three, you know, Um, and it's so helpful for writing because you get every idea that you could have. You can get it out there instead of, yeah, being completely interrupted, losing half your ideas, not figuring out how to do some, you know, so workflow for writing is so helpful and something that I aspire to develop any semblance of. You know, because I know it will be very helpful for me when I can. Um, it's important to remember not to get discouraged either, because it's not like these people all of a sudden was a- were able to do 45 tracks in like, you know, they started where you started. Um, everybody starts at the same spot, you know, um, it, it just comes. So it's yeah, definitely do not get discouraged with learning because we all do it and use the people that know what they're doing as inspiration to be like, hey, I can do that because all they did was spend the time and they learned how to do it. Um, and that'll happen for you. Again, it becomes like riding a bike, these little things that, you know, you won't even know. Your hands will go there, the shortcuts will, you know, it'll just, it'll just happen. And you'll find yourself not having to Google so many things. Um, and then once you, you'll get into a place where you can concentrate on the creativity. Totally. Uh, I think repetitive tasks and technical difficulties is are, are like two of the biggest like creative creativity killers, right? Like, and and this goes even like before uh, actually recording something or producing the song. Uh, if you're just still in the process of you know writing the song or coming up with ideas, if your guitar is like, if your guitar stand is uh, at the end of your bed, you're gonna play every day. If your guitar is in the basement in a hard case under a piano you're never going to play and and your creativity is going to die and because you're never going to be uh able to you know stop being lazy and actually go get that guitar because sometimes you're you're going to feel like oh I kind of want to noodle a little bit maybe write a song ah oh, the guitar is downstairs and it it sounds silly because you you literally already have the instrument it's it's in your house but you're not going to do it just because it's 30 seconds away and like I can't tell you, like, I'm ashamed to tell you how many times I, I have not played the guitar because it was not in the right room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, for sure. Definitely been guilty of that myself. There have been months and months where my guitar has been in my closet and I haven't pulled it out or anything. But, um, but yeah, the last couple of places I've lived, I've tried really hard to keep it nearby and I've played it a lot more. 
I've got no excuse because my bed is right there. <laughs> so <laughs> I literally can roll out of bed and get in the studio and record. <laughs> I mean, oh. in fact, now with like Bluetooth stuff, I, my, my big screen TV that I watch movies on, I can put my DAW on there so I can just record from bed. <laughs> you know? Dude, oh, man. How do you I, sleep I with zero, all those fancy blinking lights? <laughs> I have zero, zero excuse. That's how he hands. makes four tracks a day. <laughs> yeah right for real <laughs> all right so there's one last tip i wanted to share with you guys and it's actually probably the one that has helped me the most um it's making playlists and like I, i'm going to develop this a little bit but for me making playlists is one of the best ways to have ideas for new songs for uh, melodies, for progressions, for structures, for everything. Uh, what I like to do is, well, I listen to a lot of music, of course, uh, whenever I'm doing something else, when I'm driving, when I'm going to work, etc. Whenever I, there's a song that makes me, that puts me in a creative mood, I add it to my like inspiration for songs playlist. And I have a, a full playlist that has dozens of songs that put me in this songwriting mood. And whenever I'm home and I, I'm thinking, well, I have three hours, I can I can spend time songwriting, but I, I'm not feeling like it. I don't have any idea. I'm not really in, in the mood. I just play that playlist. Uh, it has a lot of different genres in it, but I just play the, the songs in a random order until there's one song that puts me in the right mood. And when I find that song, I just put it on repeat. I open my door and then I start like, I start like putting down some ideas. That's a really cool idea and one that I have not used before, but I really should because I have been finding myself even more of late, um, even when I'm watching a TV show or something and it has a really cool song in it. Um, it's something that I would like to go back to, but I don't usually like take the time to put it down somewhere and have it easily accessible. But um, I really should. Yeah, I imagine that would help. That would help a lot. It's also a way of... Uh doing something productive when you don't really have the time and when you're not actually in front of your computer, you know, just going through songs and finding the ones that will help you be more productive once you're home and once you have time. Uh, I think this is, this is really satisfying to tell yourself that, okay, you're wasting, you're wasting time on a bus, but you're doing something productive for later. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, playlists are very important. Um, it's something that I recently started doing as well, um, a little bit differently. Like, so, you know, I'm a songwriter for my stuff, but at, at the same time now, I'm getting into writing for other artists and uh, producing. So what I'll do is I'll I'll sit there and um, I'll take an hour and I'll go through the top 50 songs that's on that's in the you know on Billboard right now in the top 40, and I'll find one that I'm like, okay, all right. And typically, um, again, a lot of these songs are, aren't are really, they're, they're pretty simple. Um, so if there's a song that I'm like, hey, this gets me, this yeah, this gets me going. And just got the kick on the one, two, you know, one on the ones or whatever, just whatever. I'll, I'll kind of take that and I'll be like, hey, this is the vibe I want. And I'll use that song and I'll, and I'll even bring it into the DAW and I'll kind of, kind of use it as of um, kind of like if if I get stuck, I'm gonna go back and hey, this is what I like about it. They did this kind of thing here, and I'll use it for inspiration to write. But yeah, I mean, when you're listening to other stuff that you feel something from, 
you're not ripping them off when you're trying to do it. You know, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm not going there and I'm like playing the guitar parts, but we all take things from inspiration from what's what people have done before us and we make it into our own and that's what's the gift it's like the gift that keeps on giving um with music and so if someone there's a song that moves me i'm gonna make it my own you know and um hopefully aim to have that same effect on someone else you know and that's when an actual song can be an inspiration for a brand new a brand new song yeah Again, I'm not telling you to rip off the song, uh, but yeah, you use use you can again like make notes of what you like about the song and then use that to guide you a little bit. Yeah, this is uh, research and development. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I I think this is it's really about um, even if it's not like a playlist of songs, although it probably should be among other things but it's about giving yourself easy access to inspirational things. Exactly. You know, um, which is something that I would really like to do. I mean, obviously in this space, like I haven't lived in this house for very long. Like I just set this up not very long ago at all. Um, so I need to like do this, but I want to put art on the walls that makes me feel inspired and decorations and stuff like that. You know, I need to start putting songs together. Yeah, you've already got some, Paul. That's, uh, that's really cool actually. Um, but yeah, you wanna you wanna give yourself easy access to inspiration, and that's gonna help you to feel more inspired, more creative, more of the time. All right, so that that's uh, the last one of our eleven tips that we shared today with you. Uh, do you have anything to add, Rahul, before we close this episode? Yeah, um, I want to say one more thing that uh, you know I almost forgot about. Uh, again, knowledge is power, um, so keep learning. And you know, one thing that with uh, YouTube, there's tutorials for everything. Some good, some bad. But you can learn <laughs> anything you want to learn. You can learn it on YouTube. And, um, you know, if, if there's a producer, say there's a song you like, t odds are you can find a session of that producer. And you can kind of see, a lot of times, a lot of producers will have sessions that they have online. And you can kind of see their process. Um, again, it's all about learning from as much as you can so you can put it in your tool belt so yeah there are different avenues there's subscription-based places where you can learn there's youtube there's cl monthly classes that you can be a part of that's you know i think it's beneficial for anybody of any skill set um but always try to keep learning it doesn't matter no matter if you're a pro or whether you're just starting tomorrow um keep learning because it's never ending and it's the and knowledge is the gift that keeps on giving for for real it really is and you know my favorite place to learn how to do things especially like about music is to watch youtube podcasts or video casts of handsome gentlemen talking about what it is that i'd like to learn so you know if you want to if you want to see that you know you're in the right place <laughs> yeah, YouTube or Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you want. We are now <laughs> everywhere. So uh, that's it for this episode. I hope you learned something. Uh, I, I did learn a lot from you, Rahul. So I really wanted to thank you for uh, joining us. It was, this was really a pleasure. I had a blast. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Um, you know, I'll always try to pay it forward. And you guys, you guys are on your way. So you guys do the same and you're, you are paying it forward. You're helping people learn. Um, so kudos to you guys. And, uh, you know, thank you for doing this show for people. 
Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, the, the main purpose of the podcast is to help as many people as we can to like unleash their creativity. And uh, hopefully we can help some people become songwriters or, or better songwriters if uh, they're already started. Uh, I definitely think uh, you helped uh, doing that today. So thank you once again. And yeah, as always, if you have any question, feel free to reach out to us either uh, on YouTube or uh, by email at jmspodcast at inspiredsongwriter.com. This has been a pleasure and see you in episode three. Bye.